Yeah. But apart from that, the rock and roll. I'm ready to rock and roll as well. Mr. Manx Honey, are yeah. we live? We are live, my friend. On Bottled Up, episode oh. number 63. 63. Oh. After, after a bit of time. But... Uh, yeah, it's been a hot minute, but <laughs> hot better, minute. better late than never. Better late than never. <laughs> it is uh, currently, what time is it right now? It is 9.54pm, and if there's one thing we know, yes. that me and you, yep. I'm a morning person, you're a night person. Um. So this is finally on my home turf, mate. Mate, this is on quite, your quite literally on my home turf at the moment in my apart- <laughs> in my apartment here in North London, and this is now you're you're on my time clock now, yeah, which mate, is it's very an, it's an away game for me right now. Exactly, yeah. and normally the, for the past what nine months we've been on different time zones, <laughs> but now we're finally on the uh. exact same time zone. <laughs> but I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I'm nervous, mate. Uh, I am a little bit. Nervous. I am. I am very, very nervous. Uh, this is the first in-person recording that you and I have done in uh, probably ever uh, in-person recording you and me ever. Yeah. Uh, since the first episode, that yeah. we did a bottled up in yeah. 2020. 2020. It was just about this time as well. Yep. So it's been about three years. Yep. Where you and I, it's always been on Zoom. Always been on Zoom. Uh, and. Obviously, that makes it very different because now I can see your eyes. I can see the little <laughs> micro expressions. <laughs> I can see. Yeah, I can see a lot of things right now. <laughs> Anyways, we'll move on. I think there's only one question on people's minds. What's the question, Sonny? Where the heck have we been? Where have we been? Um, anyways, on to the next one. <laughs> uh, just quickly skim over that question. Yeah, we'll skim over that one. <laughs> Avoidance is better than anything. Where have we been? Where have we been? Um, There's no beating around the bush on this no, one. No, definitely, definitely no beating, beating around the bush. I um, We caught up, what, we caught up uh, a week ago yeah, uh, to discuss Bottled Up and, and the future. Because you and I hadn't really discussed Bottled Up for, what, three, four months. Yeah, it's been it's been quite a while. I think our last recording, our last released recording, I think, was around February or March. Yeah, um, it was we, Paul, Paul Dean Anders, was it? Or? Paul or, no, I think it might have been... Chris Hope, actually. Chris Hope, there you are, right? Yep. yep. Yeah, it is. Um, right. How's that for memory? Yeah, great memory, <laughs> mate. <laughs> uh, and I think we've done a couple of episodes in between, yep. but yeah, definitely we haven't kept up the momentum. Yep. Um, so I landed in London on the 17th of August, yep. so about 10 days from now, yep. 10 days ago, and you and I caught up properly for the first time uh, last week, Yep. and that was a juicy six-hour catch-up. It was. It was. It was. But... I think we should we should uh we should hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Uh what's been going on? I lost motivation. Yeah. Not gonna, I'm not even going to bid around the bush. I lost motivation January from January onwards. I know we posted our last episode in what was it February, right? Yeah. And I think I sort of felt overwhelmed. Hmm. Felt burnt out. Work was very busy. Of course, time zones never never helps with all this stuff, right? What's the time zone between Melbourne and London? <laughs> 11 hours, mate, or 12 hours at best. <laughs> There's a... Uh, they often have a saying, yeah. New York is a city that doesn't sleep. Yeah. I can tell you one thing. London sleeps, <laughs> Melbourne sleeps. <laughs> we both love to hit a snooze, mate. <laughs> Has to be done. I, I just felt like I... When I moved here, or before I moved here, I had a or maybe not value systems, not the right word. I'd say priorities. Yeah. And back in Melbourne, it was bottled up. Was definitely high up on their physical health. Was high up on their maintaining my my friendships. Was high up up there. When I moved, all those priorities shifted. I think for me, it was work 
and maintaining friendships and maintaining connection with family, those are the three top priorities in my in my bucket. And I just did not see a way that Bottled Up could fit in those top three priorities. And it, it stifled a bit of momentum that we did have. It's also hard because you've come yeah. to a new country. A lot of the friends that you could very easily hang out with and were very accessible, I say that in quotation marks, because they're in Melbourne physically. Mm. Now you're having to obviously make time for them, block out time to give them calls, and same with family as well, right? Yeah. And that stuff's that stuff adds up. You've only got limited time in your day. And I could see that over the last couple of months where you were juggling a lot. Yeah. You were juggling a lot and I actually think you did an awesome job. Like I'll I'll just I'll call that out now. Like I th- I think for like obviously we haven't released any episodes in the last couple of months, but we've definitely been recording a few and despite the time zones, I think you took it on got up early and stayed up late and like i think sometimes i just forget the fact that you're in a whole new city setting yourself up <laughs> paying in pounds <laughs> anyway that's I, that, that for me at the end of the day i just i felt like i was overworked overwhelmed with so many different priorities and i couldn't i just couldn't keep up and yeah. at the, the expense or the cost was spending time on a passion project that once for about two and a half to three years was was a was pretty much a Top massive part. massive part of my life was that a similar thing for you as well yeah i think so like it takes two to tango i don't want to just say it was one side it was definitely me as well the last couple of months last six months has probably been the most transformative of my life in a very different way i would say that i've grown a lot more as a person to value things just beyond work and for me, there's been a lot of introspection, some therapy, a lot of good conversations with close friends around what are the things that I value. And I think that took a lot of time and a lot of energy out of me. Uh, long story short, um, stuff at home was kind of blowing up a little bit. Um, also at the same time... What was happening? Just caretaking responsibilities. Uh, for mum and my younger brother, we moved houses in January as well, slash February, they went overseas for about two and a half months to India as well. And at that point in time, I'm also going through work. I was kind of feeling very disconnected and detached from work. And I think that also f- like bled into other aspects of my life. I probably wasn't the best partner, I think, in, in some pockets there. I think I was just so all-consumed in where the hell is my life taking me and, and what's going on. So basically meant that I also just didn't have a lot of energy for bottled up as I was just trying to figure out what was going on. I feel good on the other end. Mm. Um, I will say that. But I know because I think despite the fact that we hadn't been posting, you and I both knew very clearly that we're not hanging up the boots. We knew that. Yeah, we uh, we did. Deep inside. I think deep inside we knew it wasn't done. And... I know you in the. It actually probably all changed in the last. I'd say one month, one, one month. and a half, one and a half months, probably one I'd month say, actually. I'd say so, yeah. Definitely. Uh, you gave me a call and you told me that you had an opportunity at work. Yeah. That kind of sparked yeah. a little buzz. Yeah, it, it, it definitely <laughs> did. I there was Mental Health Awareness Week in in July, and I 
I was on a group call with my with my team, <laughs> and there was a thirty second silence when when uh, when a work colleague of mine said, it, it, "Does anyone have any ideas on what we can do for Mental Health Week? Any sessions we can run and stuff?" And I hate public speaking; absolutely hate it with a passion. And I, yeah, but anyway, <laughs> it, it, it opens up a can of worms for me. But I I said, you know what? That's it. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. So yeah. ran a ran a mental health workshop, and I wanted to use bottled up as a vehicle to showcase some of the learnings that I that I'd learned over yeah. the past two and a half to three years. And as part of that, I look back, and I remember I told you this as well, I look back through all of the conversations that we had, all the 60 episodes, read through all of my notes, and it filled me with some, it's really weird, polarizing emotions. Mm. The first was a sense of embarrassment and a bit of guilt in the sense that we put the pens down for a while and I was kind of questioning what that was all for like we did 60 episodes but what was the yeah what's the I can't I can't describe it what was the ultimate crescendo what do we create I was it was hard for me to I had a bit of guilt about that the second was on the other hand end of the spectrum it was gratitude and nostalgia it reminded me of all that we'd learned and all the good times that we had recording conversations, embracing vulnerability, moments of vulnerability that you and I will keep for the rest of our lives, having the privilege to speak to people, sharing that vulnerability and sharing parts of their story, which they wouldn't tell their closest family and friends. Mm. That sense of responsibility as well. I mean, we have a responsibility to uh, embrace that. Mm. And also editing out all the ums and ahs. I think that was definitely something which I, which I definitely miss. <laughs> Making a sound <laughs> much more cleaner. <laughs> There's a, I think uh, Mank and I have a running gag. Like every every minute of recording that we do is almost like ten minutes of ten editing minutes on that. Exactly. <laughs> when the industry average or, or other podcasters <laughs> are probably talking about, I don't know, like a one to three ratio. Mm, um, yeah. But I think yeah. I, I that's think... that's one that's one area that we overperform in. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We over. That's one definitely one area. But but I think that the the last four four to five months, what that's taught me is the importance of a break, because it actually gave me a lot of clarity to what I've learned in the past and the the fruits of that, which is to give back and 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 share that knowledge with other people. Got me thinking: if this is how much I've learned over the past three years, what if I can learn more and share that knowledge with other people? Yeah, and that was the finding. Pretty much goes back to the foundations of why we started this, right? Yeah, and. I think when you're when you're in these periods, I think you often have to look back at why you started. Yep. And we all have a story. We're all fragments of many different stories that compose who we are today. And when we look at the bottled up story, I think you and I had actually very clear and aligned end goals around where we wanted to be. It was very much around creating positive content around men's mental health and masculinity and what that means in society. And especially being South Asian men, we felt that there wasn't much content out there, um, especially being a minority group as well. But as we dug into our stories, you and I had very different triggers, or I guess inception points for why we started the podcast in the first place. Mm-hmm. So do you want to take the listeners back to where our headspace was in February 2020? Mm-hmm. What had been going on? and where this idea was born from. Well, one of the things we've noticed with all the people that we've spoken to, particularly of those people who are leaders in the mental health space, 
is that all of these people started their initiatives based off personal experiences or life-changing events. For me, my life-changing event came on the 17th of February in 2020, right just, just before COVID. And I remember it was my, it was my first week on the job. Um, the only important thing on my mind at that, at that moment in time was to make a good impression to my new work colleagues at the firm that I was working at. And I was to make that good impression, I was clicking through my HR modules really, really quickly. <laughs> uh, my, my, my right finger was held on the right arrow the entire time. I was just click, 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 click. As I was doing that mindless activity, <laughs> sorry to all the HR people out there, but as I was doing that, I got a call from one of my friends, Av, and he never really calls me. I think he's more of a he's more of a messenger, but he, he gave me a call and I let it ring through the first time. He called me again. I said, This is a bit weird. So then I pick up the phone and said, Hey, Av, what's up, mate? He said, Mate, can you go into another another room? I've got this is something serious I need to tell you. I said, Okay, it's a bit it's a bit weird. I don't mm. understand what's what this is about. Went into the office kitchen. And I remember the moment because I was standing over obviously level thirty one. Yeah. I was looking over um, the park. Yeah. And I remember that moment specifically. I can, it's as if I'm a, a ghost in this. I'm looking at this in a third person view and I've had the phone to my ear and he says, hey mate, one of our, I won't mention his name, but one of our mates, he's, he's passed away. I remember that in that moment, I don't remember what my actions were, but I can tell you the feelings that I had. It was panic, confusion, feeling of being overwhelmed. I remember distinctly the feeling of that moment when when he broke the news i just wanted to kind of fall through the floor and just adopt like the, the fetal position and just hide from everyone i think that that's probably the the, the the overarching feeling and it was i felt like everything was just a blur from that from that point forward i was then told that at that time the the news that i'd heard was that he had taken his own life and that yeah that definitely it, it affected me. And I think even to, to this day, I always remember that date, the 17th of February, as is, is one that, that changed everything for me. A couple of weeks went by, went went to his funeral, saw his family there. I thought, this is this this is so... I'm overcome with feelings of just, just pure sadness for him and his, and his family. And especially as someone who has experienced mental health in the past, I almost felt like a sense of urgency to do something right i was speaking to the to our work counselor a couple of days after the news broke she kept on talking about this idea of being banked up something along those lines being just not sharing everything that kind of language she was using and i thought at that moment okay i don't know what this initiative might be but it would be a pretty cool name called bottled up mm. that would be a pretty cool name and then you and i caught up on the, what, 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 do you remember the date of that toy? It was late February. It was a couple of weeks after the 17th. Yeah. And we had a dinner. You then shared some of your stuff with me. And I said, hey, look, mate, I'm, I'm thinking of doing something in this space. Mm. And you said, mate, this could not be like a, a more serendipitous time for, for me as well because I'm going through stuff. I also want to get involved in, in doing something in this space. Yeah. 
and of course we we started this journey with Uji as well um right at the beginning yeah. um and and obviously since since step back but he's also had a really big helping hand in, in getting this started as well yeah and shaping what it is today yeah definitely that's where it began you definitely went through some stuff mate but i don't know if you're comfortable sharing with sharing uh, your your story as well no i think i think being honest is very important so for you it was the 17th of february for me it was the 27th of february actually the same day as my birthday um you and i both sat at the same place full-time jobs grad jobs both of us are using the first couple of weeks just to build a first impression build a social circle and just do like this is the start of our career and a little bit about my story is i've been raised in a single parent household um, with mum. Uh, i've got a younger brother that's about five years younger than i am and my dad has suffered with addiction um specific specifically alcohol addiction and i feel like that's probably the first time i'm talking about that quite openly what had been happening is since i don't know since 2018 when 20 like obviously we had our conversation in 2020 but i hadn't spoken to him since 2018 for two years and i think when you don't speak to a parent or when you don't speak to someone you always have like you always care about them in the back of your mind you just know that it's probably not the right space or the right fit for everyone to be talking or for that person to be in your life but you still think about them you know like i think it'd be remiss to say that you don't he's my father at the end of the day and on my birthday i get a call and it's from royal melbourne hospital and they give me a call saying hey is your name sunny you're the next of kin to your dad your dad's actually in ICU and we think you should come past because no one's there. And I don't know, I I think similar to what you had been kind of going through, is just, you just get this shock. Like, it's, it's the last call that you expect. You know, you're kind of going on about your day, you're going on about your week and you get a call like that and you don't know what to do. And I remember racing to the hospital, uh, being with him. I remember just bawling my eyes out, just being like, what a life (laughs) like is this it is this it and thankfully he pushed through and and got through on the other end but for me i think that really hit a gong in my head Mm. because a lot of my teenage years have been quite tough kind of looking after mum, being the oldest son you kind of get the responsibility of being a father figure in some sense or pseudo father figure in the household and that kind of ties into why i'm in london and and why i'm doing what i'm doing but I remember that happened about 10 days after your your event. And I think we had our dinner. Yeah, I think it was probably the next day, like the 28th probably, yeah. from memory. Like I'm, yeah. I'm pretty certain it was that or early March. And you and I had Indian food. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I remember I was right next to the window and yeah. we were kind of, uh, I don't know. I, th- I think that, that that conversation was a really powerful conversation between you and I. But I think it was also filled with a lot of moments of silence where mm. we just couldn't believe the world that had been thrown at us Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah i don't know like (laughs) i remember i remember i'm getting getting quite emotional just like no definitely no thank you for sharing mate i i remember when we were traveling in 2019 i remember you told me at the start of the trip that you wanted to tell me something yeah in rome in rome yeah and and i said (laughs) okay as the the kind of person i was back then i was very reactive i just wanted to know tell me now tell me the goss yeah i wasn't very sensitive to what what you were what you're about to tell me which was i remember you said this one line you started off by saying i don't know where my dad is 
Yeah. You said, I don't know where my dad is. And I said, what, what do you mean? He says, I don't know where he is. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, I remember, yeah, it, it, it's part of a much bigger story, but I've always kind of hidden that side of my story and, and what had been going on. But you're obviously one of my closest mates. And I remember being in Rome and uh, all of us were having a trip. And I just felt that that was the time where I had to tell you what was going on three years into our friendship yeah literally <laughs> you know yeah, like yeah. We're, we're at the end of our undergrad degree and uh, mm. i'm kind of pulling you aside in rome and being like hey mate yeah. like this is what's been going on for yeah. the last like 10 years of my life yeah <laughs> <laughs> i've become a lot more comfortable speaking about it and yeah. i'm glad we could both be honest because i think mm. it's led to what is now bottled up exactly i think this is probably the first time we've shared this much detail yeah <laughs> yeah 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 i hey like in-person well, recordings, mate. They're, they're, they're the jam. They're, they're the jam. <laughs> so another part of your story, Sonny, is your move to the UK. Why you're here sitting in my room at the moment in North London. <laughs> I almost feel like this has been an idea. And having observed you with a pen and paper <laughs> for the past two to two and a half years, <laughs> this has been a move which I feel like has been bubbling away in the background for a bit. Yeah. But you, it, it for some reason, yeah, I feel like there's been a sense of urgency over the past sort of six months where you just you just want to put pedal to the metal and really just do it, just do it and take action. What describe to us? Because I know you and I have caught up about this plenty of times, plenty of times. But I don't think you've fully told me the the full story about you know the, the, what spurred this move to the UK. Yeah, yeah, I. <sighs> Where do I begin? <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's not. It's it's hard to answer these questions because it's not really. It's not really a moment or a date which said, yeah. "Bang, I'm going to go." I, it's more of an erosion or an evolution over time, right? Yeah, hundred percent right. And I think it probably pays to understand the backstory a little bit. And I I mentioned it earlier around being brought up in a single parent household with mom and my younger brother. Um, for context, I look after my mom as a caretaker. Um, and my brother, uh, I guess, financially, and then also mum logistically as well, taking her to appointments and uh, doctors and all that sort of jazz whilst balancing work, balancing uni and all that, all that. And I wouldn't have it any other way, to be honest. Like, it's I think part, that of your, part of your story, right? It's part of my story and it's part of what gives me joy and gives me purpose in some way. And I felt that I lost a part of myself growing up really fast really early on i had always felt like all this had been happening since the age of 12 or 13 and i even felt it when i started my full-time job like it just felt that life was getting away from me and i was going from one thing to the to the other i had finished high school then went into college and uni then started full-time job and three years had already passed by or three and a half years had already been passed by working full-time and i just felt that surely this can't be it and so one part of this is I felt that I had lost part of myself in the last couple of years. I had lost, I had this guilt or this maybe like a sense of resentment that my childhood had kind of vanished beyond me. And then the second part was in the last six months, I've had so many awesome conversations, um, specifically with friends around and people that are much older than I am so in their 40s and 50s just telling me about how they wished they were younger and they took more of a risk so that seed was planted in my head mm. 
And that seed had been planted in my head from the last 60 episodes that we've had, right? Like you mentioned earlier, a lot of people get into this space because of a life event and because of something that's either happened or a sense of passion or a sense of need to do something in the community. And it had always been bubbling in me that these people are speaking from a place of wisdom. Although we don't always understand it, like our, like theoretically and from a rational perspective, we understand that we only get this point in time once. Our 20s is that period to like figure out ourselves from a creative perspective, figure out what we like to do, who we are as a human being, what energizes us, who our friends are, who our real friends are. And sometimes you don't always feel it in your body. I don't know if that makes sense or if I sound a bit woo-woo. No, but it makes sense. When, when you listen to that wisdom, I think there's something there. Yeah. And part of me had felt that, hang on a second, I've heard this message plenty of times. Why am I not acting on it? Yeah. I'm clearly not happy doing what I'm doing, but I feel like there's something there. Yeah. And... Basically, what's happened is I ended up quitting my job uh, back in uh, yeah July is when I finished up at work and I ended up leaving my role without anything lined up. And I was very intentional about not having anything else lined up. Finances matter to me. I like still have to support financially, but I just felt that one of the values that sat above that was to put myself first and give myself the time and the space to figure out what actually matters the most to me. And I know that this obviously comes from a place of privilege, knowing that I'm in Australia and I've got a lot of great family and friends around me. But this period is about rediscovering what brings me joy and happiness. And one of the frameworks I've been using, and there's a cool story on the other end of this, is how can I tell great stories? Yeah. Like, isn't that just an awesome framework? I, had, yeah. I can't remember who said it to me, but someone said, like, how do you create a life where you can just have great stories at the end of it? Yeah. This podcast is one aspect of that, yeah. right? Like all these conversations that we're having, they are a point in time into our minds, the way we're feeling, our relationship, our view on the world, our view on ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> like there's so many things that are intertwining in this one spot, in this one conversation and for us to listen to that in a decade or two decades time, just like a photograph can tell a million words. Exactly. Uh, like, how can I tell great stories? Mm. And I think what became clear is once all these things had kind of been going through my head, there was just a clear decision around just like leaving work and actually using this next little period to go full time into Bottled Up, go full time into figuring out what the creativity is within me and what are some of the passion projects that I want to get back into. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie. I, I sound as if it's all kind of pretty roses and rainbows. Like it's definitely not been that I, when you don't have work, like when, when you don't mm. have something where you've got a clear path of progression and promotion, where you've got structure around you with uh, work colleagues you really have to redefine what success means to you. Like exactly. you actually have to go back to the drawing board. And I'll be honest, like one of the things I've been feeling really strongly is a sense of guilt by being away from my family. Yeah. Like, hang on a second. I'm also putting them on the line. Mm -hmm. Have I thought about them clearly and all this decision-making? The second is navigating my own self-worth. 
Um, how do I think about what matters the most to me when I don't have a job, I don't have progressions? Like, how do I redefine that for myself? And productivity has always been a big part. Massive. Like, I think it's just a byproduct of sometimes being in this like commerce world or the corporate world where you're kind of tied to how much you get done in a day or in a week. But actually that goes, that's quite counterintuitive when you're trying to explore your creativity. Yeah. Exploring your creativity is a very patient sport. Yeah. Like, I remember like over the last week, I've just been stuck in a cafe, just trying to plow through what I can reach out to podcast guests, do a bunch of other like menial tasks or some are valuable tasks, but I have to make sure that at least this next little period, I'm still creating space for myself for fleeting thoughts to come to my mind. And also a, a, a big part of this is also realizing that productivity isn't everything. And sometimes the greatest things come from just listening to those fleeting thoughts that pass by Yeah, that intuition, what your gut is saying. And the hardest part is you could go through a whole entire week, not having anything come to you. Yeah. But actually there's invisible value in all that. Yeah. So, um, Hey, if it doesn't work out, then yeah. We we had a conversation about this actually at uh, a a week ago. And I think that whole idea of embracing that creative side, finding new stories, or cr- not maybe not finding is the wrong word, but creating new stories, creating another way you can look at it is creating new memories. I think mm. memories is is a is, is more or less the same thing, right? And we the analogy that we came up with was just around being a being a tourist or having a tourist mm. mindset. Yeah, because when you're a tourist and you visit a new place a new country, you look at that country in a very different way. You're present. Mm. You're looking for the beauty in the small things. You appreciate your surroundings a lot more. That mindset can be translated to other aspects of your life. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Just going back to your, I wanted to know from an outsider looking in, looking at you, I almost saw a shift i mean you, you said that you you had a lot of responsibility bestowed upon you at a young age i couldn't see that because mm. you and i haven't known each other in first year right first year university i saw a my first impression of you sonny was a little kid in the candy shop <laughs> right Literally. tourist mindset right you so many new meeting so many new people you were making so many new friends you had this spontaneity this sense of spontaneity about you you wanted to do things and then i don't know i can't really recall the date but then as we transitioned into full-time work i found that that flame of spontaneity Mm. decrease a lot yeah you fell into the routine and and you're a very disciplined guy you're the kind of person who's i think you have very strong values you have you you place a lot of importance on your physical health I mean, look at the size of you. Um, you. You place a lot of importance on your financial well-being as well because of your experiences and because of your situation. And I felt like that consumed you yeah. quite a bit. Did you, I'm assuming you, did you? Did anyone come up to you and ask you about that? Or did anyone notice that? Yeah. In- uh, Harsh team, definitely. Like yeah. my partner. She was the first to call out that 
you know you're always tired yeah like just that sense of like buzz and like that spontaneity that exists in the world that sense of excitement and energy when you see something for the first time um yeah i i think short answer is yeah definitely like definitely miss that and i think that that's what had been irking at me for the last six months because man what kind of life is it to you know not be able to give yourself that time and space to figure out what you want again i know that comes from a place of privilege but you know like like in (sighs) intentionality matters yeah and if you've got the opportunity to think through where you are in your life what you have in front of you what you have around you and let me add a bit more flavor to that because there's definitely a feeling that the grass is always greener on the other side yeah the person that's employed (laughs) wants to be unemployed and travel the one the person that's unemployed wants structure and to be employed again and stability yeah i would love that but i would still love to like do my own thing (laughs) yeah um the person that's a celebrity doesn't want paparazzi Mm. following them around right the one that's not a cele- celebrity wants that probably wants like a bit of recognition and fame right so yeah. the, the grass is always greener i think what you need to assess is what are the trade-offs that you're making yeah. like at every point in time in life you're making trade-offs some are visible to you some are invisible to you and what i'm sacrificing over the next six months is stability is a salary is certainty that scares the shit out of me yeah because it's not easy like but i think it's a very underrated like action that you're doing mate because you're you're leaning into uncertainty something which it's like literally leaning into a wall that isn't there right you're gonna embrace whatever you're embracing the unknown essentially yeah i think that's something which is super inspirational and i know you you, you, you've always prefaced, prefaced that as that comes from a place of privilege. Yeah. Um, but I, I think even you're, you're, you're taking that privilege and you're leaning into that privilege and yeah. leaning, leaning into that uncertainty, which I think is like, yeah, super inspirational. Yeah. So. Like my, um, some of the thoughts that are going through my head right now, for example, is having had the resources of a first world country like Australia, um, studying here, knowing the people here, obviously my my roots are from india and going back to india going back to south asia means a lot to me Mm. right so that's just one of the thoughts that are going through my through my mind it's like how can i continue to give back to that community Mm. um despite being in australia and despite having the resources and privilege of being in like in australia yeah so um so how are you gonna how are you gonna go and create the stories mate what are you going to do? So, <laughs> <laughs> go talk to people on the street. <laughs> Put it up straight talk. Uh, but there's a story there, right? Like, right, uh, yeah. I think one one awesome thing that's happened to us over the last week has been, I think, kudos to you, man. Like, huh? you, like, like, you were the one that told me this idea of being a tourist in your own city. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I landed on Thursday... Um, we had that six-hour conversation on the Saturday. And over Sunday, I was just like, obviously going on about my day, fighting off jet lag, but also just like thinking back at our conversation and what we had chatted about. Mm. And on Monday, I woke up feeling very different. Yeah, Like jet lag had like been one off. Yeah. Uh, I had carbs, I had protein, I had fat in me. Right. The <laughs> zest of life was, was trickling down your chin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and 
where do we begin on the Monday? Because there's there's a great story here on the other end of this. Yeah, there there is. I was at work and I was tip tapping away at my laptop. It was a Monday, and I get a call from Sunny Standard. <laughs> you know, you're in for a for a night when Sunny calls at at six thirty after work, and he says, "Mank, we're gonna we're gonna have a night. We're gonna have a good night tonight." <laughs> I said, oh, God, I'm a bit tired, mate. I don't really want to come out. I want to go back home and have a snooze. But then you're like, mate, be a tourist. I'm like, oh, <laughs> using, I mean, my, I'm... using my own words against me, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I said, okay, fine, all right, I'll come. Went to uh, Paddington Station, got dinner there. Naturally, the conversation went into bottled up and how we wanted to structure a few episodes. And all of a sudden... Sonny had a light bulb, a light bulb moment, mate. So, so I, I was like, why don't we just go on the street and start having conversations with people? Yeah. A, it'll be fun. <laughs> B, we're being a tourist. <laughs> and C, hopefully we're not locked up. <laughs> and <laughs> locked up. So uh, we ended up walking past a ton of people. Ended up walking for ten minutes, and I think to be honest, you and I were going to throw in the rag. Mm. And I remember you just turning around and saying. Next person that walks down the street, I'm going to stop them and literally just pitch this. Yeah. And basically you screamed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Put up, please. Oh, help us. Uh, and thankfully, Vidi stopped and engaged with us in conversation, which was lovely. Thankfully, we didn't scare her. So if, yep. if you're listening in, thank you. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> You've given us a lot of confidence to do this again to exactly. the next poor person that's walking down. <laughs> Very sorry. Basically, we ended up having a really nice 10 or 15 minute conversation on the side of the road. Learned that she was a foreign correspondent. She's here on assignment. Like how crazy is the world? Just the chance and getting all that to work out. Exactly. What was the most interesting was that we had a mutual connection as well. Here we go. And I think, isn't that just a story for like how small the world is? Mm. And mm. what ended up happening after was, thankfully, we copped a follow. Yeah. And yeah. Um, we ended up sending a message just saying thank you for just taking on that sporadic encounter with a smile and actually stopping. Yeah. Also, I think it's, it's the fruits of, a, of having a tourist mindset, right? It's like you don't have... It, the learning for me was like, there's so many opportunities out there. Mm. There's so many people with untold stories because we swap stories as well. Like she was telling us about yeah. her life. There's when you walk past the street, having the, realizing that there's every single person has some sort of backstory. You don't know how you could potentially be connected at some point. Yeah. Um. I know you and I have both read the the book, The Atlas of the Heart. Yeah. And I know you're the best at describing this, by the way. <laughs> so, so Atlas of the Heart is basically, uh, it's a book by Brene Brown, I believe. And basically it puts language and articulates, yeah, it basically articulates language and words around feelings and expressions that we have in the world that is just really hard to have words around. Exactly. And one of the words... That is in the book is the word sonda, which is basically the realization that each random passerby is living a life as vivid and complex as your own. Yeah. And I think this is a nail that you were hitting on the head, which is every day we have the opportunity to engage in conversation with people walking down the street. Mm. Sometimes we get too caught up with what's going on in our own world mm -hmm. that we end up just walking past. And obviously we're not going to stop all 8 billion people in the world, <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah. Like, Obviously, we don't want to do that to them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, of course. <laughs> uh, but I, I think like you talking about the tourist mindset, like there was literally like no shame in just stopping someone. Thankfully to you and, and what you mentioned 
we actually went out there and we just had that conversation. And the best part of all of that, all of that was we ended up catching up again. So that was on the Monday night. All three of us caught up again on the Wednesday night. Literally had, um, I think it was a three or four hour dinner. Yeah. Just chatting over a bottle of wine mm. around just like our just life, life stories. Literally like, life. Why are we it's in great. London? What are we doing with our lives? Mm. What's been going on? And I think it was just very beautiful. Just walking mm. away from that. I walked away from both Monday night and Wednesday night with such joy and excitement mm. for the world. Yeah. And I just look back at like, it's only been one week in London and there's already a story to tell. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That level of spontaneity, mate. I love it. Yeah, I, I, I hope we can continue doing yeah. this because this is the meaning. I don't know. I, I just feel like this is this is where the joy comes from. I almost feel like embracing spontaneity actually makes time pass slower. hundred oh, percent. And like it, 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 because you're more present, you're embracing events that you don't know what's going to happen. That for me, like, <laughs> do you feel like oh. the last week has gone by much, much slower uh, than the last like year that you have of, of, of routine? Dude, hundred percent. Like I. I look back at the last year and obviously there's some highlights in there that I can pick out and like actually recall and remember and feel Mm -hmm. the feelings that I was feeling at that point in time. But dude, in the last week, I feel like I've lived like two months. Yeah. Like I can feel each of the days that have gone by, each of the events that have happened. Yeah. And I don't know, like it's just a wonderful feeling. Yeah. Like A, I know I'm unemployed and I know that like (laughs) I've got a lot of time on my hands, but B, on the other hand, it's just allowed me to just see these nuances and mm. I don't know, like these little quirks that happen on the street that sometimes we just walk past. Yeah. And I think you, you have a really nice way of explaining this around time and time kind of getting faster as we get older. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're good at explaining this. Yeah. Well, I think there's two things. First, I think it's a balance between routine and spontaneity. So I, I feel like when you're, when you're much younger, there's much more bandwidth or much more room for spontaneity in your life. Hmm. When you're in high school, university, even though you're in a structured environment, you have much more opportunities to embrace memories or create new memories with people around you. That changes, however, when you go to full-time work where you're in a purely, you're very, very rigid environment. You have a nine to five going into work, coming back from work. For a lot of people, that people slip into that routine Hmm. nine to five you've got gym to balance you've got all these other all all these other priorities and commitments probably people paying rent as well so as your responsibilities increase your routine also increases time just flies by right i remember you you were as we were talking about this before there's a lot of people who are much older that's Hmm. one of the learnings that they have yeah second is purely mathematical right your the value of each year as you grow older is worth much less yeah when you're 50 to 51 that year incrementally is much more is much less value than 20 to 21 yeah and i think you're completely spot on what's actually increasing is the denominator as as you get older one on 20 is a lot a lot more than one on 21 basically yeah. is what and i and i think tying this back in to you know picking up new experiences and doing things differently you've put your legs to action for a really oh, yeah. great cause and I know you've you've put them to action today as well. You even told me to visit Chelsea. Chelsea, yeah. Uh, you had gone for a run. Exactly, yeah. And yep. not just a 4K run or 5K run. <sighs> a 
man. You you went for a solid thirty five k run. Yeah, I, I'm doing the um the the Thames Path Challenge. So that's a fifty k run in about two weeks time. Yes, I've been doing training for about two and a half three months actually. So it's been a long time in the making. My legs are <laughs> stilts, <laughs> like <laughs> stilts, like genuine. It is, it is they're quite stiff at the moment. Yeah. Um, but I, I think I'm, I'm confident. I'm gonna man positive positive emotions, <laughs> positive affirmations, positive positive visualizations, man. <laughs> what have you learned at bottled up? Um, but yeah, let's let's see how it goes. I have got a donation link, so we're trying to uh, raise 365 pounds, nice, which is probably equivalent to about 700 thousand Australian dollars <laughs> given the current exchange rates. Yeah, uh, I, I was I was about to ask, are you seeking donations in rupees, Australian dollars, USD, or pounds? Yeah, the pound and the AUD are not looking good not, right now. Yeah, you know about that. Yeah, eh? Man, we're not FX uh, commentators, but man, I've, if no. anything, I've been looking at the FX rate more than calling my mum and brother. <laughs> Anyways, that's a topic for another podcast. That's shocking. Oh, what exchange rates and, and <laughs> exchange rates in your family, family relations? Ah, uh, the correlation. Yeah. No, but yeah, hopefully it should be good. Hopefully yeah. it should be good. Uh, 9th of September, so it's coming up very soon. Yeah. And I can see that you've obviously been saying no to a lot of things because making, making a run possible, especially of this, uh, I guess, gravity, you can't just put one leg after the other and expect things to go right. Exactly. Um, exactly. So all around the discipline and sleeping and eating and socializing, like all those things you've had to make uh, quite a few modifications to. Definitely. It's given me a lot of a lot of discipline, like you said. It's given me something to shoot for, mm. I think. It gives you purpose, especially when you're running, doing gym and, and all like physical activity. It gives you context for that, and it gives yeah. you something to something to name for. Yeah. So I think it's it's definitely given me that. Yeah. Also kept me very in a bit, bit more of a healthy lifestyle, which is great. <laughs> which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so we'll put the link in the uh, in the show notes below. Absolutely. Um, but this wouldn't be a complete podcast uh, or episode. Yeah. Uh, if it, we hadn't chatted about what's next for bottled up. So what is next for bottled up then, mate? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> uh, so I would say. I probably look at this in like three different parts. Uh, yep. The first is the podcast and what you can expect from us going forward. The second is what's been going on in the background because there's a couple of things that we're, we're putting in place in the background beyond the introduction and the outro music. <laughs> uh, and the third is... We need some new, we need some new intro and outro music. I must yeah, say that. That's, that's actually... A, that is a fabulous call out because <laughs> we are getting sick of Phoenix Rising. Phoenix Rising. <laughs> uh, and the third is how you can help us out. So... Yeah. I think on the first part with the podcast, Mank and I know we've taken a bit of a hiatus over the last couple of months. And what we want to do going forward is to keep ourselves accountable. Um, you guys listening in, every Tuesday night, Australian time, you're going to expect an episode from us. Jesus. Dropping. That's it. We've just made it public. <laughs> oh, uh, God. Uh, we've got a lineup to the that end of the year. That makes me nervous, mate. But uh, no, we'll, we'll, we'll stick to it. We'll stick to it. Uh, to the end of the year. So um, we've, got, we've got a great lineup of guests running through. And let me take you through some of them because I think some of them are pretty awesome. Take it away, Sonny. Uh, what you can expect from us next week, next Tuesday, is Dean Mum. He's the ex-captain for the Mighty Wallabies who are playing their first World Cup game in a, in a couple of weeks. Yep. Um, he was a captain of the Wallabies <laughs> and a player many years ago. <laughs> Georgia, baby. We're playing against Georgia. Oh, are we actually? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what he speaks about is fatherhood, uh, his journey within sports, and also the impact of miscarriages and having gone through sports and 
playing as a captain and playing as a player, I guess, overall, the impact that's had on his sporting career. The second uh, coming up soon is a lady by the name of Alexandra Kutas. Mm. Um, I hope I've got that right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she's the world's first runway model in a wheelchair. Wow. Like, how awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty sick. <laughs> that's a live recording in London as well. And what we talk about there is the conflict in Ukraine. She's a Ukrainian background. Life as a caretaker and also as someone who's in a wheelchair. So yeah, I think wow. there's 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 a couple of angles to that one. Mm. Now we've got a lady by the name of Anna coming up in a couple of weeks as well. What she speaks about is women's health and specifically endometriosis and contraception and the role that males and men can play when it comes to women's health. Because I think that's a topic that gets quite overlooked. It does, yeah. Um, and especially with, personally speaking, people around me that have got experiences with endometriosis I just don't think it gets the attention it deserves. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Mank, I might pass over to you uh, in terms of what else has been running in the background, mate. Thank, thank you, Sonny. Um, and hi, everyone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, mate, Sonny, uh, mate. I'm going to pass it over to you, mate. Yeah. Uh, it's one of my better gags. Uh, uh, mate, I'm, uh, on that note, I'm taking over the reins. No. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, I think just in terms of what else has been running in the background, so I'm in London, Manx in London. I'm going to be here for the next five or six weeks just trying to line up as many episodes as we can here. Um, I've got a flight off to New York and San Francisco, which I'm going for the first time, and I'm pretty excited. Mm. And the goal in the US will be to try and continue lining up conversations with people. So we've got some good traction. I think a big part of this next little chapter for us and getting these guests across, what is it, the transatlantic sea? Yeah, yeah, the Atlantic (laughs) Ocean, mate. Uh, It's the Atlantic Ocean. Mm. Very nice. I never really... Was good at history or geography, but history, <laughs> yeah, history in the Atlantic, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I think the real, I think the real thing for us is like a, just have a bit of fun as we have some of these conversations, meeting people that we probably would never really get the chance to meet. Yeah. Uh, and the second is Australia is full of really awesome and diverse folks, but I think some of the people that you get the chance to meet in London and the US are just very different. For example, Alexandra, who's a Ukrainian background. In the U.S., we're in some early conversations with Native Americans and talking about the mental health, um, I guess, within their ecosystem. And also speaking, potentially, I'm not going to drop the name, but there's a past guest that we've had on Bottled Up that I am going to be meeting in New York. He's said yes to a podcast. We're a past guest. It's a past guest. Have I, I ever told you? I you, haven't, have. you haven't told me. Man, it's a surprise. <laughs> in New York? <laughs> yeah, in New York. So there's a past guest I'm meeting in New York. Uh, we're going to be doing a part two episode. I'm going to keep it under wraps. Probably from Was I on it? Can't say too much. Really? Yeah, what does that narrow down the script to? Like 40? <laughs> yeah, so like 40 guests maybe? <laughs> oh, um, but yeah, like keep an eye out. Um, I think there's a way that people listening in can help us out. If you know anyone in London, New York or San Francisco or Nashville, because I'm spending a week there. Billy Ray Cyrus, yeah, mate. Yeah, just passing by his house for a cup of chai. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you think anyone that could be a good guest, send them uh, towards us. Yeah. Um, and... I would love to continue chatting with them when, yeah. I, when P- I'm over please, there. Please do send them towards us, not away from us. <laughs> oh, yeah. <right>. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's getting please. late. I beg of you. Um, as you can tell, we're deteriorating by the minute and by the second. <laughs> so I reckon we're going to call it there before we lose any more listeners. No, no we got it. We um, got this. But thank you for making it through right to the end. Keep an eye out. Next week, we've got Dean Mum coming out on Tuesday night. And expect weekly episodes from here on. You beauty. Which... <laughs>